Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Number 6, Romans chapter number 6. I tried to get Stephen to come ahead and he is typically stubborn in everything that he does. But uh, I would have loved to have heard him preach. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to try to do what God has given us to leave with you today. I'm going to read one verse and it comes from chapter number 14 and we'll focus our attention on this very deep and pro profound verse in the New Testament. It's, it's important for you to know who wrote these words as, as we read. This is a letter of Paul to the church at Rome. And Paul had spent the, the chapters prior, prior helping the church at Rome have a better understanding of who they were and then who Jesus is. I don't think that you'll ever go anywhere much as a Christian until you understand who you are and who Jesus is. I love verse number 14. I want you to read it with me. As the Bible says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. I'm going to try to preach this morning from this verse in the scripture about dominion of sin. I studied in the early years of my ministry reading after a, a preacher who was uh, a physician first. What I mean by that was that he had a, uh, he had a practice. He was studying uh, at his practice and there he had got his degree is, uh, to study medicine, to help people physically that they could heal from uh, their often infirmities, uh, just like the Bible says. But uh, he got saved after he had gotten his practice started. Many of you may know this man by the name of M.R. DeHaan. He was a great uh, preacher, a great pastor, and he would go on to write several books uh, that, would, that would be about our, our, our emotional well-being and how that, that ties in with our physical well-being. And do you know today that your, your physical state, uh, the way that you feel, has a lot to do with how that you are spiritually with God. Amar Dahan would go on and write some great books. And one of his uh, greatest books and writings that I believe that he wrote was entitled Simon Peter, Sinner and Saint. And he likens the two natures of Simon Peter, how that he was altogether flesh, but he was also altogether a spirit, the spirit of God. Then he wrote another book that intrigued me so much because I feel like this is the way that God is leading me in my journey as a Christian. Uh, he, he, he would get letters that would be written to him uh, from the standpoint of someone who was going through something spiritually and he would write back in a letter. He might spend a series of services preaching on that subject. And some of those letters would be started like this. Dear doctor, I have a problem. Dear doctor, 
I have a problem. And it might be a wife that was being uh, uh, writing about a letter to the doctor now about how that she was feeling about a husband that did not have the desires that he once had toward his wife. It might be about a young man who's having a difficult uh, emotional time in his life about uh, struggling over sin of adultery through the eye. He's never committed the act or gone through with it, but he, he just has a problem with, with looking too much. And I want to make you a promise here today. If you read in the New Testament, you'll find just before the Lord Jesus comes and gets his church, there's going to be a problem with people's eyes. They can't keep their eyes where they need to be. And by the way, I'll throw this out here, out here before you because you need it. And I need the practice preaching it, amen. Uh, you see in the Word of God there at the church of Laodicea where the, there was a problem with the vision of that church. Their eyes needed to have eye salve over them. In other words, they, they couldn't see right because they were looking the wrong way. Another letter might be written that might be like this to M.R. Dahan. They might say, uh, Dear Doctor, I have a problem. I just don't feel good. How many of you today would be willing, you don't have to, but be willing to say, Preacher, I don't feel good anymore. I was doing a brake job yesterday on my wife's car, and I needed Ron Yeary uh, instead of Les Fuller under that car, but I had the car just jacked up. In a, in a dangerous way. I was in a hurry and I needed to be somewhere. Shelly needed to go get groceries and I was in a hurry. Stubborn bolt. I reached under there and pushed as hard as I could and the wrench slips off and then my head goes back and I hit the back of the bumper all in one pass and I thought, boy, I need to call a doctor. I don't feel good. You know, how we feel physically may have something to do with how we feel spiritually. The Apostle Paul spends the whole book of the church, uh, writing the, the Roman, to Romans, to the church at Rome, he spends the whole book defining who we are. Do you know what you are today? If you're a child of God, and it's never going to cease to be this way, it's always going to be this way, from the moment you got saved, you became a child of the living God. Amen. There's nothing you can do uh, to lose that uh, sonship or daughtership in the Lord. There's nothing that can take place. You may make mistake after mistake. You may make failure after failure. And you at times may not even feel like a child of God. But I want you to rest assured this morning when you got saved, you're a child of God. And there's nothing the devil can do about you being a child of the living God. Now, when I was under that car and I'd hit my head and I was seeing stars, I didn't feel so much like a child of God. In fact, I felt like saying and acting in ways that a, that a Christian shouldn't act. I wanted to sling wrenches and I wanted to holler and scream. And this morning, I took two ibuprofen before church, so if I say something that's not right, we'll blame it on that. What I'm saying is that physically, we may not feel right at times. You know, this morning that uh, I'm seeing a pattern in our church that I'm very concerned about. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a state of busyness 
among us today that is just, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever witnessed or seen our church be so busy. We all got things to do, places to be. Seems like we're under the gun. We've got, uh, we've got quotas to meet. Some of you are in places in business where that you've gotten a raise and now you're, you're doing and, and you're, you're in control of other people's lives and you've got quotas to meet and we're just busy, busy, busy. Do you know that we can get so busy where that sin, listen to me, sin may dominate when we don't mean for it to in our lives. Amen. I want to say something to you that I've learned about as, we, as we've revealed that we are busy and you could, you could raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm busier than I've ever been. I've got so much going on. Well, the Apostle Paul warns us in the New Testament about the dominion of sin over our lives. I know you read this and you say, but Paul says that sin shall not have dominion over us. And that is hopefully where we can end up at, where we can be and realize that sin does not have to dominate in our lives. But many of God's people this morning uh, have gotten to the place where that they don't feel right anymore. Physically they hurt. You know that stress is the number one killer amongst Baptists? <laughs> Preacher, I don't feel good. And I hear it every Sunday, every Wednesday. In fact, I hear it on the phone. Preacher this, preacher that, what can I do? Now, listen, I've, I learned something, uh, really stumbled into something in my uh, Christian experiences, in my walk with God, and I want to share that with you. I want to impart this to you because I want you uh, to be able to get help uh, when, when the preacher's not there, when the deacon's not there, when nobody's there, when you're hurting the most, I want you to be able to get help. Number one, I want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to know who you are. Through the Word of God. What does the Bible say? The Apostle Paul is writing uh, to the church at Rome and he's dealing with some things and some issues uh, that was going on in this New Testament church. And quite honestly, they had thought, now what you think sometimes is not always right, but they had thought that if they could put themselves back under the law, if they could live up to the extent of the law, then perhaps there would be a level of ecstasy somewhere in the midst of all that. And the Apostle Paul spends the majority of, of chapters 1 through chapter 7 dealing in a legal way now. And this is what he's doing. He's more like a lawyer and he's showing them why they could not put themselves back under the law. You know, there's people here this morning that have to be at church Every single Sunday, and, I'm not, and I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say, because they feel like they have to show themselves worthy to everybody around them and perhaps God himself. Now, I'm not telling you, you you ought to miss church. I think when the doors are open, you ought to be here if it's all possible that you can, but don't do like this. Somebody come to me here a while back and said, Preacher, I've got the stomach bug and I'm sick as a dog, but I, uh, 10 minutes ago I was throwing up, but I'm, I'm not going to let the devil rob me out of a blessing. I call that foolishness. I love you, but I don't want what you've got. 
But now listen to me. A lot of people have made church into, into the religion that it is. They've got to have somebody's approval to be right with themselves and with God. But I want to tell you something this morning. Uh, you can put yourself under every kind of law that there is and you'll never be happy nor be right with God. The law was never intended to bring us to perfection because there was only one man that could do that and that was Jesus Christ. And that's another message for another day. These, these people were dominated by the thoughts that were in their mind. I've got to do this. I've got to do that to be right. And I'm in the place in my life where I'm looking for ways uh, to, to do like some of you, to back off a little bit, to slow down just so I can have a little bit of a long time and a free time with God himself. I mean, I, do you ever just long and yearn just to sit alone somewhere and wait for the Holy Spirit to come and commune with you? I mean, I, I'm in that place. I want God's presence now more than ever, and I need Him now more than ever in my life. Uh, but He said, sin shall not uh, have dominion over you. They were in a form of legalism. And not only that, they thought that they could do something else that comes along with legalism, and that is a works-based religion. There's going to be a lot of people on Judgment Day that's going to stand before God. And they're going to be surprised when God gives out the final say-so over your life and He says, depart from me, you that work iniquity, for I never knew you. I'm talking about preachers, Sunday school teachers, everybody included. You better get saved is what you better get. Now listen, there is a movement in our land today where that preachers have confused what the scriptures actually call and say, we're under grace. And in fact, you read, I read it in this verse, we're saved by grace through faith. And that's, that's what you are. You're a child of God by the grace of God and the mercy of God. But watch this. A lot of preachers these days get up in anger and in bitterness and they want to treat the church the way that they feel. They can't be right with God unless they're angry and they want to call everybody's sin out. That man never has experienced the real grace of God in his life. And so they act out what they feel on the inside. All right, let's get down to the heart of the message. If sin's not going to dominate us, and thank God that it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. And I want to say this to the leadership at Mount Gilead Church. What a responsibility you have and that I have as a Christian over, uh, over young Christians. I look at some of these that have been saved for several months now, some for maybe several years, some that are still yet to be saved. And this has been the mind of most of the churches that I've attended, preached in, and revivals. And they said, well, let's just get them saved and that's it. We'll let, the, we'll, let, we'll let whatever's going to happen is going to happen, brother. You've seen it. We've witnessed it time and time again. They get saved, then we, we just shove them off to the wayside and say, fend for yourself. I'm going to tell you something. God help us as a church that we don't let one soul get off by the wayside, that we pick up, uh, that we pick up where somebody else perhaps is left off. And if somebody's not doing that job, then we should pick up and do that job for them. Now listen, it is not God's will for anybody that's saved in this church
to just come and sit Sunday after Sunday. There's people here that's got problems that nobody knows about, but them and God, and they want somebody to just put their arm around them. I'm talking about saved people. Now, lost people have no hope outside of Christ. That's why you need to get saved. But listen, let's say there's somebody here this morning that you would have wrote in to Dr. Dahan, M.R. Dahan, and said, Preacher, I've got a problem with a certain sin that I can't seem to shake. What will I do about it? And here's what I learned many years ago, and it's called systematic Bible study. You want to overcome a particular sin? You've got to start thinking different and being different than what you originally are. And by the way, the Holy Spirit has promised to come alongside you and to help you with whatever sin you are dealing with. A young man writes in and says, Preacher, I'm having problems with my eyes. I keep looking the wrong way. What will I do about it? Now, I'm not M.R. DeHaan, but I'm going to tell you, what systematic Bible study does. This is by, this is by, uh, by the, the help of the leadership of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. This is what the Holy Spirit does. You pick, let, let me just challenge. You pick out a word, a word in each chapter, systematically. And in this chapter, I want you to go home and study this for yourself. There's it said three times in this chapter. Now, sin can't have dominion over me or over you. And there's a word that's systematic. Three different times it said. He said, neither, here's the word, yield yourselves. What does that word yield mean? You've got problem with sinning. I've got problem with sinning. I've got problems uh, just like you've got problems. But if I'm not to have sin to have dominion over me, he says, here's what you've got to do. And this is not, this is not works based. Uh, but you do have to put yourself in a position where that you cannot, you're no longer yielding yourself to a particular avenue that leads towards sin. So if a man is having trouble with his eyes or he can't stop putting something in his body and now he's become a glutton to the point where his health, he doesn't feel good anymore. And spiritually he's becoming more and more numb to the things of God. What must he do? You read systematically this chapter, you're going to find out that Paul says, neither yield yourselves or your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Some of you... I was in a service not long ago, and the singers got together, and it was so pitiful. When they sang, I thought, how in the world can anybody get any kind of glory out of this, much less God or the Holy Spirit? You know, your life is like an instrument played before God. And some of you, you've still got six strings on your guitar, but you're just out of tune. What are you yielding your members to? I heard a statistic this morning that Americans, Americans spend on average, in a day's time, I don't know where they got this, on average 2,000 bumps by your thumb or your finger on your smartphone. The young generation spends an average of about two hours per day on a cell phone. 
I'm not going to leave the older ones out, young people, listen. Most Americans spend on average about four hours a day. Now, I love gun smoke, but I don't love it that much. Watching TV. And people are sick. Physically and spiritually. Every single Sunday when they come walking through those doors of our church. Why? Yield of our members, our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears. And it affects us emotionally to the point where that we no longer function the way that the Holy Spirit has intended for us to function. And listen, I've, I've spent the majority of the last 25 years doing something so repetitive that I can see it when they get out of their car, Brother Stephen. And when they come through those doors, I can just about tell you what kind of week you've had just by the look that's in your eyes. Just by the look that's in your eyes. Vaccination week on our farm. And the roughest of the rough people in the world. We had 15 amigos and about two uh, white guys that were working. They catch these chickens. They get a shot under each wing. And it is, a, it is the hardest job on the planet. And by the way, if you want your son or your daughter to go to college, let them come work with the vaccination crew for about... For about one day and they'll change their mind about <laughs> what they want to do and make themselves to do and become. But these guys are rough. But I love them and they love me. Brother Ricky, one of these guys comes to me. Brother Tim, this is what he did. He come, as soon as I get out of my truck, he comes up to me and says, Preacher, will you pray for me? I could see in his eyes on his way that something was wrong. He said, will you pray for me? I said, what's wrong, James? What's wrong? He said about three weeks ago, my, mo my mama shot herself and committed suicide. He said, I don't know what to do. I'm hurting so bad. I don't know how to get through this. I don't know. He said, I'm feeling things I've never felt before. And he said, I don't know what to do. Will you help me? This is on my farm this week. I said, James, and I do like I do all of you. I go to where it matters, to the book, to the Bible. If we, want to get, if we want to get out of God all that He offers, we've got to quit yielding systematically ourselves to whatever pet peeve sin that we've got. Some of you have got all kinds of issues and problems here this morning, and I'm not prying in your life. I don't have to know. The preachers don't have to know. But I want to tell you, God already knows, and thereby we need to do something about it. And He says, sin shall not have dominion over you. So we're not going to yield anymore. We're going to change. We're going to start changing some things in our lives. And it may take you reaching out to a brother or a sister and saying, look, or maybe a parent and saying, I'm having difficulty with something. Will you tell me what you did to, to make it through this time in your life? And that's what we would perhaps call in, uh, I don't know, in, in, in Bible study or even counseling, we'd, we'd call that just a, a level one, entry level, leaning or counseling on each other and helping each other. And I'm convinced that is what is missing. One of the elements that's missing in our churches is that we don't help each other through whatever we're going through. And, it, and it's sad. And I listen. Somebody calls you this week. They say, maybe a church member, and they say, I 
I, I just don't feel good. Will you pray for me? How do you come back with that? Well, if you was in one of these pastoral authority movement churches, this is what they'd say. They'd say, suck it up, buttercup. We're all heaven bound with a hammer down. Don't worry about it. Well, is that suitable? Is that a good answer? No. You should feel what somebody else is feeling and try to sense it and then go biblically take them through the Word of God and you go find Scripture after Scripture. You may not have an answer. You say, you know what? I don't have an answer right now, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to pray and I'm going to go to the Scriptures and I'm going to look for verses that fit your particular need. And then the next time we meet, we're going to go through these verses together and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to touch us. And then, when the Holy Spirit begins to lay His finger on the sin that doth so easily beset you and me, then healing starts to begin. Isn't that good? Sin shall not have dominion over you. I'll throw this out here to you. I have, and I am, I'm so tired of these kind of phone calls. Young man from a good family or a young lady from a good family gets tied in with the wrong crowd. They start doing things that the world says is okay, that's normal. They turn to drugs to fit in. It usually starts with alcohol. And then secondly, they'll go to the entry level uh, drug use, which is usually marijuana. Now listen to me. They get on that and they can do everything just fine up till a point. And the next thing you know, they've tumbled head over heels, going down the wrong pathway. You don't see them at church for a Sunday too. They used to be faithful in the choir to Sunday school. The next, next thing you know, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that, and they can't feel anything anymore. This is what the Bible calls, uh, they've been desensitized to the point where that they cannot tell whether or not that they'd ever been saved at all. Listen, are they still a child of God? You better mark it down, they are. They're a child of God. And some of you have been where I'm talking about. They lose their joy. They lose their peace. And like many self-righteous Baptists, their head held up high and their chest is pooched out. And they say, can you believe them? And all they're doing is locking the door behind them and saying, we loved you at one time, but we don't know about you now. They say, preacher, why are you preaching this? Because the potential's here in you to be that way. It's in me. It's in my son. It's in my daughters. It's in my family to walk away from the very gift that God has given. So if sin's not going to dominate in our lives, we've got to change some things. And where does it start? It starts with right now with you. They say, well, preacher, my family's not going through anything bad. Well, you better get on your knees and thank God. You better thank God. Do you know that it hadn't been too many months back that on a Wednesday night in this service, or at Mount Gilead in our service, on a Wednesday night, a young lady that's hurting so bad, so unbelievably bad, 
She wouldn't even sit in Sunday school class. We had to send a search party to find her on a Wednesday night Bible study class. And when they found her, when, when we found her on the church property, she was hiding. How would you like to hide from God? And that's what some of you are doing right now. I can't say everything that she said to me, but put my arms around her. And I just held her and I said, God loves you. If sin's not going to have dominion over your family and my family, there's some, there's some basic Bible precepts that must come out of us to help them. Can I give you some simple ones right here? I'll be done, I promise. I didn't even get into the message today. I had three or four things that I want to share with you, and I just don't have time to get to. We'll let Stephen finish up with that. If sin's not going to have dominion over us, and we're truly saved, and the Bible tells us that we have some fruits that must come from us. And what are those fruits? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, and of such there is no law. You want to help your family? You get that spirit of God working inside of you. And you're not going to judge people when they come walking up and they're tattooed up and got piercings all over their eyebrows and in their, all over their body and they don't look like much. And I'm going to tell you who thinks they look like much is Jesus Christ. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30.